Hello and welcome into the second quarantine edition of the Get Up Speak Up podcast and an NFL edition today. We're going to have NFL fan Tom Sellers calling the podcast from the Czech Republic to break down the 2020 NFL draft. Before we get into that, there's been much debate and uncertainty regarding the NFL season, OTAs, training camp, the length of the season, etc. But recently, a few of these things have become clear and I just wanted to outline them at the top of the podcast. Firstly, the NFL have confirmed that the schedule for the 2020 season will be released on Thursday, May the 7th, which is on track for when it would normally be released. The schedule will be made on the basis that we will have a full NFL season with all games being held at the team stadia rather than at a neutral location, which was previously discussed. But sadly for us UK and international fans, the four games scheduled to take place in London as part of the international series have been scrapped, so it's not all good news from the commissioner but it is good news that the schedule will be on time and us fans can see when our teams will be playing who in the upcoming season. Pro Football Talk had an ask saying that there's an extremely small, that's a direct quote, extremely small chance that there's no NFL season in 2020. A little bit of a double negative there, but essentially there's an extremely big chance that there will be an NFL season, which is of course great news. This optimism is because of the expected advances in testing by the start of August, particularly concerning the availability of testing. There's a lot of talk about the optics of if frontline healthcare workers can't get their hands on tests there's no way sports leagues should be able to get their hands on hundreds of thousands if not millions but it's predicted that come august tests will be widely available enough to justify the nfl getting the requisite number of tests that they would need to have the season we're all longing for so some good news for us nfl fans the schedule will be released on time and the nfl season is expected to go ahead as planned and now Tom Sellers, as promised, is joining us on the podcast from the Czech Republic. Tom, hi, thanks for coming on. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. It, it was an interesting draft, obviously the first virtual draft, and it was nice that it gave us some remnants of live sport, something sports-related being broadcasted where I didn't already know the outcome was very refreshing, I've got to say. And I felt like, in a way, everyone was waiting for something to happen, something to go wrong. So some team to be on the clock, wanting to do a last-minute trade or something, and their Wi-Fi suddenly buckling and crumbling. But it didn't. It was smooth and well done. I think Roger Goodell came across really well. And interestingly, of course, because sports fans have nothing else live to watch, the ratings were through the roof. 15.6 million views for round one, which is an all-time record and over 9 million views for round two, which is also the most ever. And I mentioned last episode, the things that other sports leagues, like the Premier League, could proactively be doing to give some content. Well, hello, NBA, MLB, Premier League. If it wasn't good enough just to do it out of goodwill, there's your incentive, highest ratings ever. What do you think about the idea of like, other leagues maybe coming up with some intuitive ideas, such as virtual horse games or getting players to do some form of one-on-one competition film from their house. Yeah, I think it's a great, uh, great idea. If you look at what happened in the draft, like you said, it's the most used draft of all time. And part of the reason why we all love sports is the unpredictable of it. It's so different watching a rerun of a Premier League game the rest of the outcome. You want to be there sitting down with friends or, you know, you could call up 
anticipation or the excitement of something live happening, something you don't know the outcome. So like little games from sports people powers. I think it'd be great, I think so many people watch it as well. When you think about what the NFL draft is, names being read from a card by an old man in his house, I can't imagine people wouldn't watch something like a virtual horse game. I really wish they would do something like that. Charge that's much ahead of my pay grade. Um, I do want to say though, the draft is quite a big deal. Even though it is just reading names from a card, it is a big deal. We've seen how one pick can dramatically change the fortunes of a franchise. We've seen it recently with Mahomes in 2017 that has completely transformed the Chiefs franchise and of course with Brady in 2000 round six pick 199 and we know where they are six Super Bowls later so we're going to delve into the draft get a bit of opinions with a breakdown of how teams did right off the bat first question who do you think had the best draft look it's obviously not easy to say at the moment no one can predict who really has the best Simmons fan, aren't you? You're big, you like him. I am, I am. Um, to me, he was the third best player at type which is becoming very um, fashionable and popular in the modern defences. mentioned the Vikings, they were actually the team who traded down with the 49ers, weren't they, when they moved up and got Brandon Ayuk, they then traded back, and then in the second round they managed to get Christian Fulton, who I know is was a first draft grade for a lot of insiders and analysts, so I think the Vikings is a very good shout. They seem to replace Stephon Diggs with Justin Jefferson, and then still managed to pick up a good cornerback, which is a position of need for them in the second round. Um, and you're right, the Ravens Talk about the rich getting richer, well they're an excellent roster and only added to it. I think it was Madabuke or the, the defensive uh, the defensive tackle they got in the third round. So they had a good draft as well. And I always trust the Costa and Harbour to have a good draft. They're just excellent drafters, so that was no surprise. But for my list, I was I was tempted for the for the best draft, I was tempted to go with the Dolphins because they threw some good smoke screens with Tua that I think not many people, besides Tom Sellers, the man himself, managed to guess that one. I think the, the wind was that they were going to go with Justin Herbert, and I do think that that might have stopped teams from trying to jump to three to try and get Tua ahead of them, because they did a good job of throwing people off that scent. I know that 
the Lions were looking to trade down from number three, but didn't have any takers really. And I think that was well done by the Dolphins. So I was tempted to go with the Dolphins because they also did quite well in the latter rounds. They managed to get Curtis Weaver. He's an edge rush out of Boise State in the fifth round, who Daniel Jeremiah had him 32 overall to the Chiefs in one of his first mock drafts. He broke the Midwestern sack record, and he managed to get him in the fifth. Unless he has like a medical issue that slipped through my net that I don't know about, that's an excellent pick. So the Dolphins were a contender. In the trade and got the 13th overall pick from the Colts, and then they replace him with Javon Kinlaw, who's just a younger, cheaper version, and they still have the kind of defensive line that will have offensive line coordinators and quarterbacks shiting themselves, because that is still going to be four first-round picks and so much talent on that defensive line. And of course, they also got Brandon Ayuk to replace Emmanuel Sanders. So I expect the 49ers to be right where they were last season, and... What do you think about the Niners? Yeah, I think that's a good shout. Well, not many teams have terrible drafts this year, so there are quite a few teams that you can say have the best drafts. Um, I think the way that the draft board was set out and the way that the picks came in, it did kind of suit the majority of teams with the decisions that they need to fill in the draft. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you very good. I also, I also just wanted to quickly um, throw out an honourable mention to the Jacksonville Jaguars who don't seem to be getting any love from anyone right now because they're supposedly tanking for Trevor Lawrence. But I do want to say that I think they had an excellent draft, in particular an excellent first round. They took CJ Henderson with a ninth overall pick, which I think is a good pick. They've lost Jalen Ramsey, they've lost AJ Boye over the last two years who were big-time cornerbacks. CJ Henson is a big-time athlete. And then they got Caleb Von Chase on from LSU, which was a steal at 20. Not only does he have the best name in the NFL draft, I reckon he's probably the second-best edge rusher of the entire draft class. And to get the second-best edge rusher in the entire draft class, the 20th overall pick without trading up, I think is excellent work from Jacksonville. And if they can get some good pieces together, pairing Chase on with... Josh Allen, who was their fifth overall pick last season, then you could be looking at a version of Saxonville 2.0. So, a team that's getting no love, I'm going to give a bit of love and give an honourable mention to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they had a good draft, particularly the first round. Fair enough. You buying any Minshew Mania stock, or are they tanking? Uh, no, I, I would say that the Jacksonville Jaguars are tanking. To me, they've got uh, possibly the worst roster in the NFL. Um, uh, I don't really see where we're going to get many wins from this season. Gardner Minshew, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> he's not buying it. No, you're right. I think it's tight between them and the Jets for the worst roster in the NFL. I'd probably go with the Jaguars as well. Okay, so that was heaping out a bit of praise. Now, how about a bit of criticism? Who do you have as the worst draft this year? Ooh, wow. A team that lost, you know, the
Um, so I would say the Patriots, and then I would give an honourable mention to the team that everybody's talking about in terms of having a bad draft, and that's the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, could have, you know, gone all out, could have tried to now with Aaron Rodgers, but that's the fun for the future, possibly a bit too soon. Uh, but I don't think it's as bad as everyone's talking about. What do you think? Well, the Green Bay Packers were my honourable mention as well. I think it's difficult to manage to piss off your entire fan base and your franchise quarterback with one pick, but they managed to do that. And I think that kind of pick speaks to the kind of team who are so scared of ever being bad that they'll never be great, if you get what I mean. They're so worried about the future they'll never seize the moment. And they were in the NFC Championship game last season. They were right there. They got mauled by the 49ers and it wasn't even close, but they were one game away. And you have there on the board when you move up, you have KJ Hamler, the speedster, you had Denzel Mim, you had Patrick Queen to stop you getting run over by Raheem Mostert in the NFC Championship game and you get a guy to hold a clipboard for a couple years, it just doesn't make any sense to me in terms of Aaron Rodgers is a generational talent and you should be surrounding him with the kind of weapons that he needs to get to the Super Bowl when he was so close with Devontae Adams and the Aaron Jones, the uh, running back, and that was about it. And you don't get him a, a linebacker when Patrick Queen is right there to stop the run, stop the bleeding like you could in last season. You don't get him another wide receiver. I mean, they got Devin Funches in free agency, but I mean, he's not exactly setting the world alight. I would have loved to have seen them there get like a KJ Hamler or a Denzel Mims. And then if they didn't go offense, at least get like a Patrick Queen or something to stop the run. I just think having someone who's not going to be on the field, a bit of a head-scratcher for me. And then my worst draft wasn't the New England Patriots. I quite like Kyle Duggar. I think that's quite a good pick. I think he's a freaky athlete. And I think they went for those hybrid guys like Uche out of Michigan, the linebacker and... Uh, Kyle Duggar, I think, I, I, I trust Belichick, I really just trust Belichick, I went the Las Vegas Raiders as my worst draft, I think they are petrified of the Chiefs and it forced their hand into taking Henry Ruggs instead of the most complete and talented wide receiver in the draft which was CD Lamb and then what you should never do which is when the Falcons took um, AJ to, I, I think that Mike Mayock wanted to take A.J. Terrell, the cornerback out of Clemson, with the, tw- with the 19th um, overall pick. I think that's who he had his eyes on. He likes those feisty, tough um, defensive players out of Clemson. And when the Falcons took him with the 16th overall pick, it was a bit of a reach. If that was a reach, they stretched and stretched to take Damon Arnett with the 19th overall pick, who most insiders and analysts had with a third-round grade. They then took him, and if you think that Damon Arnett, who was a flag machine in college, is going to be able to handle the likes of Sammy Watkins, who we saw what he did to Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl, or Tyree Hill, who's the fastest player in the NFL, you're joking. So I, I didn't like that kind of reach from them. And also the other thing about Damon Arnett is that he was playing on the opposite side of Jeff Okuda, third overall pick and best cornerback in the draft. And he had, for two of his years, Nick Bosa and Chase Young 
rushing the uh, rushing the Barca on his team at a higher state. So for him to then still have a third round pick with all that talent around him, I mean, I don't know. That felt like a real reach by the Ravens. I think they let other teams get into their head. That can be the kind of thing that happens when you know you hire people off the TV with no front office experience to run your football operations. I don't think that Damon Arnett was a very good pick, and I think that the reason they picked Henry Ruggs was just because of the Chiefs, and I don't think that's a sensible way to go about your draft selection process. That's a good sound. It's, it's the argument of when you have to play the Chiefs, you did really want to try and then you what they do, uh, and fight, 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 and you can't, you can't match that. But you can more pace by getting like Henry Ruggs. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a really good point. Like, you can either try and beat them at their own game, or try and neutralise it. Now, neither of those things are going to be easy, obviously. But Henry Ruggs, that just felt like, oh, we want a guy who runs 4.27. That's not what you should be doing, That just because of the Chiefs. And I don't think that's particularly smart. I don't think that's what you should be doing when you're thinking about a receiver. You've got to focus on your own game. And I think that's what the Broncos did when they got Jerry Judy, and then they went and backed him up with KJ Hamler, and then they went and got the tight end's name, who I can never pronounce, Asi Asi, or something like that. He ran a 4-4-40. That's what they did, and I think they're now a much bigger threat to the Chiefs in the AFC West. Okay, what was your biggest, and I think I know what you're going to say, what was your biggest warm-up? Green Bay Packers trading off the Georgia Um, I think that was Yeah, I think it's four. I think it's four. Three or four? Yeah. Four people in this contract. And uh, I do understand the argument that uh, when, when, when you play like Adam Rodgers, you've been the man in that franchise, in that organisation for years, you do sometimes you need something that's going to punish you into, into playing better, into, into getting back to get fire. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is a player that needs that. I don't think he's a player that needs to have players around him. He's going to have to win that. And Justin Jordan was, uh, to me, is the biggest for sure. Um, if I were to bring up an honourable mention, I'd say, because I really like Isaiah Simmons, I'd say he to fall down to eight. Yeah. With, uh, with quite a big shot. Or maybe even Andrew Thomas being the first tackle off the doors. Yeah, no, that was a big one moment. I was very surprised they went with Andrew Thomas, obviously. Gettleman's earned a little bit of creds from last season because he drafted Daniel Jones, who everyone thought was going to be a complete bust. No one understood why. And this turned out to be pretty good so far. We'll see how he does in his second season. That was another, you're right, that was another one moment. It's true. I was just going to say about the, the Green Bay Packers. You made a good point about the comparison to when they drafted Rodgers when they had far. The thing that a lot of people don't know and aren't appreciating is that when the Packers drafted Rodgers, two things were different to this situation. One, Brett Favre was tiptoeing in and out of deciding to retire. He kept saying that he might retire, he might not, creating uncertainty around the quarterback position, which is the position in the NFL which you should never have uncertainty if you want to be a successful franchise. So that's one reason why it makes sense to get Rodgers at that time. And the other really important factor, which hasn't been talked about that much, is that Rodgers slid down the board. Tight between him and Alex Smith, as he would be the top quarterback in that draft, and he slid down the board 
to the point where the Packers were like, oh my God, sliding down. Kind of like with the Cardinals and Isaiah Simmons, similar concept. He's falling down, he's so talented. We almost have to take him at this point. That is not what happened with Jordan Love. People weren't sure whether he was going to be first round or second round. And then they traded up. So it is a different situation. And I think it does warrant a bit of a different reaction. Rodgers has just got a long-term contract. He's not flirting with the idea to retire. And he didn't slide down. Jordan Love was never going to go higher than where he went. Interesting, interesting take from the, from the Packers and definitely a woe moment. How about this for honourable mention woe moment? Cliff Kingsbury's house. Oh my gosh. That was a woe, woe moment. Crazy. Yeah, no, really nice house. What's good real estate agent out in Arizona. My goodness, yeah. That, that house was crazy. You need to get out to Arizona and get some of that. We'll just end with a little um, fill in the blank. We've got a couple serious ones and then a couple unserious ones. We'll see how we go. Okay, fill in the blank, Tom. Blank will have the biggest immediate impact on their team. Check your. Will have the biggest immediate impact on their team. It's a that we haven't talked that much in the podcast so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know they have, they have four first-rounders on their offensive line now, the Redskins. They've got Montez Sweat on the other side from last year. Now they've got Chase Young as their two edge rushers, and then they have the two Alabama boys at defensive tackle, first rounders. So similar to the 49ers, when they brought in Nick Bosa, they're bringing in the second overall pick, best edge rusher in the draft, and plugging him into a defensive line with four first rounders. Look out Dak Prescott, look out Carson Wentz. These guys are going to be breathing down your neck. How many sacks for Chase Young this season? Uh, I'd go a number around nine. I just said he's got that, uh, that defense with him. He's got so many first round picks. Uh, the main, the sacks can be shared out. But yeah, nine, that's great, yeah. Yeah. No, nine would be an excellent start for a rookie. I think if he stays fully fit, he does have a chance to make double figures, especially if he has the same kind of effect that Nick Bosa has had. Um, and yeah, man, that's, a, that's a good defensive one for the Redskins, so it'll be interesting to see how they fare next season. Okay, my one for that fill-in-the-blank would... And I'm being a bit of a homer here as a Chiefs fan, but it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think. Look, the, the Chiefs have a spread-out offense, and he's used to a spread-out offense because that's how they played at LSU. There's so much to think about in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Michael Hardman. It's embarrassment of riches in that offense. And I think he will add a pass-catching threat out of the backfield and a smash-mouth football run-it-down-your-throat effect with a bit of ground and pound, particularly in the red zone. So I think he'll get a lot of touchdowns. The Chiefs, actually, it feels weird to say, but because they get so many deep touchdowns, they actually struggled a little bit in the red zone last season. And I think he'll add an extra dimension to that kind of red, their red zone packages. He'll be getting a lot of touchdowns, so I think he'll have a big immediate effect on the Chiefs. So... The next fill in the blank, blank will be the wide receiver drafted in the first round with the most receiving yards this season. Who you got? Oh, I've been struggling five to three, two. Uh, it's been So you've gone with Jerry Judy. The thing is with Jerry Judy is he's a very neat, tight route runner. 
And I think they might use him on more of the shorter yardage routes and put KJ Hamler and Corden Sutton on some of the deeper routes. So I think Jerry Judy, he might be a shout for most receptions, but I reckon in terms of most, most receiving yards, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. With a similar argument to my point about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, there's so many other things to worry about on that Cowboys offense with a fantastic offensive line and a 90 million running back. So they're going to pound the ball a lot. And then, of course, they've got Amari Cooper, the 100 million man, on the other side, attracting double teams. So C.D. Lamb is going to get a lot of one-on-ones, which is something he's not used to. He's been used to double teams in college. His running after the catch ability is one of the best I've ever seen coming out of college. So I'm going to have C.D. Lamb as most receiving yards. I can see him and Dak Prescott linking up well. Um, So I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. Um, as my wide receiver with the most receiving yards, but we'll see. We will see. Okay, right, the next one in the plank. After seeing Cliff Kingsbury's house, the number of girls who asked for his number was blank. What? Uh, it, it's, 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 it's kind of like a playboy mansion type. It was, wasn't it? It was, and he was, he was absolutely... Loved like he was milking that. Yeah. You gonna put a number? Yeah, I'm not. I'd say a third of some people that watch the show. <laughs> I might be losing my number. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you might have, yeah, yeah, you might have asked for a number as well. Okay. After the Chiefs took the best running back in the class to join their offense, the number of defensive coordinators who reached for an alcoholic drink was blank. Okay, well, so you're going with eight. you're going with well, how many different opponents they're gonna have because divisional games. I guess they'll have what thirteen different opponents. So you're going with thirteen. Yeah. I think I think a lot more than that. I think a lot of the NFC teams who want to win a Super Bowl might have been stressing as well. I'm gonna go as high as twenty. I'm gonna go as high as twenty. Okay, last one. After the Packers moved up in the draft, loaded a wide receiver to take Jordan Love in the first round. The number of broken objects in Aaron Rodgers' living room was blank. Uh, I'd, I'd say I'd give it double figures, maybe. Double figures? Wow, that's, that's a full-on meltdown. That's a real tantrum. Yeah, no, I think uh, I've heard things by just listening to other analysts and stuff like that. Is Aaron Rodgers is known as quite a guy who likes doing things on his own terms. Like once a new coach come in, and then the new coach came in, and it, it hasn't really come out once it's gone. So it would be interesting really to see next season how Aaron Rodgers reacts to all this noise. Yeah, I I can see I can see maybe the remote going, and then maybe the I mean maybe the the glass that has his drink, and then it would have taken a lot. It would have taken a little joke from someone else in the room for the table to get flipped. So I'm gonna keep. I'm going to stay at like three or four. I'm not going to go as much as double figures. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. That concludes this uh, breakdown of the NFL draft. Always good to talk American football on the podcast for people that are into the NFL. I think it's weird sometimes being an NFL fan from afar, dipping in and out, um, as a lot of people in the UK do, because there's so much hype for the Super Bowl, and then after the Super Bowl, there's nothing until September in terms of matches, which is a big big break 
So it's nice to talk about the draft and get into some of the nooks and crannies of the process and the selection. So thank you for calling, Tom. That was fun. And we should do some more NFL content on the podcast soon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it would be, it would be, it definitely would be. I think it's it's always fun to talk about the NFL from a UK fan's perspective or an international fan's perspective because all of the content really that we listen to is from the US where they're so used to the sport being their number one sport and everyone's so familiar with the terminology and all the processes. But it's actually a very complicated, multifaceted league and there's a lot of nuance to all the decisions which you need to understand um, before you can fully appreciate all the things that are going on in the league um, and I think understanding the draft process is a great way to start that kind of journey and learning so always good to talk about American football and always good to talk about the draft hopefully more American football content coming but yeah that concludes this episode of Get Up Speak Up thank you for listening as always